0: Welcome to Almost Home, the Asian Diaspora's open mic session. This podcast is a forum for overseas Asians to share their stories from living around the world. Challenges they face going to school as a minority, their experience picking a new name for themselves in a new country, speaking different languages with their parents, their friends, their colleagues, or even some introspection on how they think about themselves and their identity. If you're not an overseas Asian or a person of Asian descent, the hope is that you'll hear some of these stories and get a sense of what it's like to be in your friend or your colleague's shoes who is of Asian descent. For folks who are overseas Asians, hopefully these stories will resonate and give some food for thought for your own journey. An anecdote or an observation from an episode here could change the way that you think about yourself, just as it did for me as I recorded some of these conversations while beginning this podcast. Thanks for joining us, and we'll start the episode now. Today I'm speaking with Brian Chang. He's a Seoul native who moved to the U.S. as a teen and now resides in New York. He'll talk about his journey, talking about how he first became acquainted with the concept of race while attending a New England boarding school as one of the few minority kids, how, in college, he helped weave together the Korean and the Korean American communities that he had both come to identify with, and now as an adult, how he's had to conform back to his Korean and Taiwanese roots after so many years in the West. Note that this recording was performed in September 2020. So a little bit of a late release here. Let's go ahead and meet Brian. i am with Brian Chang? Hi Where are,
1: are you and what's the story? Yeah, so I just left... Korea not too long ago. I found myself uh, spending the summer of 2020 hiding in South Korea, one of the safest places in the world. Um, But now I'm back. I'm back in uh, in New York. Everything's going all right. Awesome.
0: So just to kind of kick off this episode here, Brian, I think you attended international school from elementary school onwards in Seoul. What was the kind of school that you went to and how was your childhood?
1: I was there, yeah, basically I spent my first elementary school years and some of my middle school years in south korea at uh, international school and then um quickly found myself attending boarding school for high school in boston and i've been in boston well i was in boston for 10 years and then after graduating um i moved to new york and i've been here ever since so what was international school like international school is a little different at least back then i have no idea what it is like now but back then like i went to international school where you couldn't be like of Korean race. And I was not Korean. I was ethnically. I had a Taiwanese passport. I see. Um, I'm trying to think here, but I th- I'm pretty sure the rule was back then. Like you couldn't have a Korean passport. You couldn't be a Korean citizen, right? Or if you did, you'd have to have another dual citizenship. So the, the composition of that school was mostly like ambassadors, kids, right? Diplomats.
0: So very different you know. from other international
1: schools in Seoul. Yeah. It's a little, I mean, it was an international school, but it wasn't really an American school. If that makes sense. Like, you don't really like you're learning, you're speaking English, you learn English, but you're not in the U S Meaning, like, once you leave campus, like I'm pretty sure I was speaking more Korean and Chinese at home than I was English, um, outside of that school. Whereas in boarding school when you go, you're living and breathing in U S soil. So I'd say that's probably the biggest difference and probably the most culturally also different too. You're interfacing with, you know, Korean language,
0: Everywhere outside of school, even with your friends. I wonder at home then, interestingly, right, it's dual language at home. How did mm-hmm. your parents kind of educate you and what sort of mindset did they condition you towards when it came to picking up Korean and Chinese? Because I feel so I, I wonder what the mindset was that they tried to instill in you.
1: Yeah, I think I mean, definitely as a child, I was definitely confused for the longest time because I was trying <laughs> to But I think it works out in your favor, right? Like, like Chinese and Korean, they kind of like, they're, they're not the same, but there are words that like are of the same group, right? Like, and you know what I mean when I say that, like, Mm. if you go back to the Korean language, like they use Hancha and Hancha is like the Chinese, like traditional, right? Right. Um, same with Japanese, there's Kanji, like there's,
0: it's all tied
1: at the end of the day to like Chinese characters, but no, you're right. Like I think, a large part of it was, I I felt like a jack of all trades and master of none. Right. (laughs) Like, like, and I still kind of feel that way. Like I don't feel like if, if I was strictly like trying to focus on one language, I think I would have been much better at it kind of throughout my years, but because I was spreading myself a little thin, like now my Chinese is like not very good. My Korean I would say because I go back and forth a lot is a lot better um, than before. And my English has just gone. astronomically higher because i've been spending time in the u.s now but yeah i mean but but if i were to go back to like china for example and spend a couple of months to a year i'm sure i could pick it back up it just it's just really hard to to maintain all three at like the highest standards i think i have a lot of respect for people who are like like bilingual and fluent like to the point where they're like you know you could you could pick a side right (laughs) i don't know if you can i don't know if you can i can't my koreans a little lacking um but i can get to like high school level koreans which is like which is good that's pretty good man
0: yeah because you didn't even go to korean elementary school or middle school to like give you the really strong foundation to get there
1: yeah um yeah but living in korea just makes it so much you're always reading korean right like you're reading korean you're like, even back then in the internet, right? Like, would, they, would they teach you in school? Because, yeah,
0: like, kindergarten onwards, you were just English, English, English. So that, uh, that base... I
1: went to okay. Korean, I went to Korean kindergarten, so I kind of picked mm. up the basics there. But the internet, very limited back then, but internet, like, it was all Korean, right? Like, we were using... I don't even know if Naver was around back then. I can't even remember what we were using. How was Chinese happening? Well, for, first of all,
0: how? Yeah, so your your mom is Chinese. Your your father's Chinese, from what I remember. No,
1: my my mother is. It's a little complicated because I think extended family. All, all my extended family members back then lived in Korea, um, but not all of them spoke well. A lot of, everyone understood Korean, but not everyone was comfortable speaking Korean. So they were speaking like Mandarin. You know, in order to maintain fam familial ties, I had to pick it up because they probably weren't gonna be learning English anytime soon. And, and not Korean either. Yeah, Korean I mean you could mix up you, you can mix it would be like one of those like hybrid languages that you would make up.
0: I, I've I've like never asked actually, did your grandparents immigrate from Taiwan? Oh uh, my mom's side, yes. Hmm mm-hmm. How did they pick this uh you know, back in the day, it wasn't exactly like Korea has Gangnam style happening, right? So
1: no, it was, it was because of the Chinese revolution, like all that, yeah. right? Like when, when Mao took power, like people were fleeing and some people fled to Taiwan, some people fled to Japan, some people fled to Korea, it was a very fortunate people that select few made it all to the U S like, I don't know how are <laughs> they, they fortunate? I people, don't know, man. People, yeah. People were willing to take a boat for months to <laughs> to get to the U S. <laughs> Oh man! Like I, I was, I was actually talking about it with my parents. It's like, can you imagine being on a boat from China to the U.S. and early, like in the in the early to mid 1900s? Like, <laughs> I, I find it tiring to be on a plane for 14 hours, and that's me complaining. Like,
0: the, so there was never like a moment where like people say, "Oh, Brian's Korean," or like, "Oh, Brian's Taiwanese," and then you felt like a little bit. Oh, well,
1: mm-hmm. I don't really identify myself as Taiwanese people, um, even -hmm. though I have a Taiwanese passport, because I've never actually lived there. I I visited there, um, but I definitely feel like an outsider looking in. Korea, a very different story. How do you feel about that? You
0: know, passport's a passport, but like my one side of my family is
1: all kind of China slash Taiwan. I don't have any regrets. I don't really feel like I missed out.
0: Well, I'm relating it to like the Asian American experience, right?
1: Yeah, I definitely feel like I, I, I've been to Taiwan multiple times. I've been back like probably like five or five to 10 times in my life, um, for extended periods. So like, not like one day trips, but like, you know, two, three months. Right. I mean, if it weren't for family, I feel like I just wouldn't go there at all, you know, um, and then extended family and then a lot of them have passed on. And so now my direct family is all in Korea. I would definitely identify myself more as Korean American than I would, um, he's American or something like that.
0: You know, you were confused because you had a bunch of like languages happening when you were growing up. And then for your mom, what was her experience like?
1: She's actually one of the very good examples. So she's really good at languages. So she grew up studying Chinese because it was a must, right? In order to converse with family and also kind of picking up Korean and working in Korea. She worked in the airline industry. I think I almost had like a role model to look up to as someone who kind of balanced two. And then because I was given like the extra burden of tapping on the US side as well, that's when I was like a little confused because, you know, I could, I could have, there. there's a part of me in a parallel universe where I could have stayed in Korea and I probably would have done the same thing, right? It would have been China and Korea. And that would have been a lot easier to identify because we're all, at the end of the day, we kind of all look alike. But in the US, race was a huge kind of, it was a new thing. Like I never thought race was an issue until I came to the US.
0: Last question on that. Did your mom tell you or like, subtly kind of tell you what sort of decision or how you should think about the the Chinese side of yourself language rise or even your identity did she say it's don't lose it or yada yada don't
1: lose it yep yeah, don't lose it Um at the end of the day it's still a part of who you are right you know I'm not going to be obnoxious and be like oh I'm like 132nd blah 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 like I'm <laughs> not not doing that but um, <laughs> at the same time like I do think it's important, right? And also like with language, like language is huge. If you Language can is the gateway, the language, dude. Exactly. If you can understand the language, you can under you have the ability to take on and immerse yourself into the culture, right? Without the language, actually, I'm trying to think about it. And, and, and maybe I'll ask you the question too. Like if you don't understand the language, there's no way you can you can even assimilate or even immerse yourself in the culture. Would you agree with that statement?
0: I have had that assumption growing up. It's starting to get challenged a little bit depending on what you would define as having the culture or assimilating. It's almost like a proxy to say like, can I say I'm Korean or not? Right. That's kind of been an assumption of mine growing up that's being tested a little bit, um, which I think is healthy, but... Yeah, I've I've always held that it's like you can't walk without legs, right? That's almost like the feeling that I get. Like I, yeah, you could try with your arms, but I feel like it's much harder.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think language is that like foundational block, right? Where if you lose that, like you said, that is like the gateway for you to potentially even start. I mean, if I wanted to be Chinese, I don't think that anything's stopping someone from being like, hey, let me like, you, you can be born in the US, you can be like white, and you can be, and I know plenty of white people who are like, who are much more fluent in Chinese than I am. And they've actually gone and done study abroads and come back and they're actually like, I feel more Chinese than me. So I think we live in this really cool generation where people can almost feel like, like choose what they want to be in a way. Um, by studying and immersing and spending time and right and really getting to know a yeah. place like in a way like I did that too right that, that's how I became that's how the American side kind of came to be if I was in Korea the whole time in my entire life and I never came to the US I could never be American <laughs> maybe cool. I'll hold the passport but like I wouldn't consider myself American well what would I never you call whole
0: time then well, what would be the limit of like whole time people from Korea who might have come in high school or might have come for like college right they came straight from like SFS or whatever yeah some of them like may struggle but for the most part they speak good enough English which like we've talked about is like really your enabler and they seem to have no problem like crisscrossing into like the u.s working at some bank having fun in new york and if they talk to people of different yeah but they end up going
1: back and and i actually say that because i know people who don't speak english and they came from korea and it was really hard for them they actually ended up going back like midway like so there are people like that like you said like with the knowledge of english who came here but there are also people that the other half who don't speak the language and try to come and it doesn't work out. Or if it does, like, it's, it's really hard for them. The fundamental commonality of all these people is language. If you're not willing to pick up a the language, then you should not do it. If you have a very closed minded attitude of like, oh, I'm using the example of like Chinese, I think Chinese is superior to Korean. You guys should learn and you're trying to like force people to conform to you rather than you doing it the other way around, then you're never going to survive. I think the same thing works in the US too, right? I think you have to be willing to conform and that's part of it is um, being adaptive.
0: Generally speaking, like as an adult, right? Is there a lot to conform to? Or else you'll get wiped out in a sense coming to the U.S.
1: Yeah, I mean, as a student, there were a lot of things like even food. Something stupid like food. I actually, I actually remember this pretty well. You know, you know, like kumnamiya. Yeah, yeah. Like, that was considered disgusting, like in American high schools. And you can see why, right? Like, if you went to like an all-white high school and you brought that for lunch in your lunchbox, can you imagine what your peers would say? Or like, or like fish? Can you imagine like? Like, food, it's so simple, but it's actually, like, probably the best example.
0: Okay, if I I just stayed in Korea, it'd be easy. It'd be more manageable and less confusing. I don't have to think about what race I am. I look like everybody else. But then you went to the U.S., and now you're thinking about race and probably other things. Because the environment that you went to was a very, like, particular type of environment in the U.S. too, right? I wouldn't have been able to hang out there very easily, and I'm someone who grew up in the U.S.
1: But if I went to, like, uh, Asian high school in the U.S., I think it'd be very different. I, I think I would have been able to kind of transition a little slower. I went to a boarding school, and I think like there, it's, it's like 90% white, right? <laughs> um, I mean, like diversity candidates, including myself and international students, and that's about it, right? And in Korea, whether you're Chinese or not, you're still, if, if I was walking beside you and you were Korean and I was Chinese, people would give me the benefit of the doubt of me being Korean until I opened my mouth, basically, right? Like we, You know what I mean? Like the color of your skin, the way you like act, the way you talk, the way you walk, like all that is like pretty similar, right? Like where it really comes out between Korean and Chinese is when you like, you know, start doing other things. Right. And you spend a little more time with the person in the U S like, you know, that stuff is like apparent. It's like night and day. Uh, And I brought up the lunchbox example, but that's like a very, very easy example. Right. Um, i don't know if you had this problem in high school but i remember that, like distinctly i would bring back food from korea with like because you miss korean food right and it's not like there are korean restaurants everywhere in the u like, in new york maybe yeah you have k-10 but in boston in the suburbs of boston like hell no like, <laughs> like, like you can't get like a like a kimchi, you you know what i mean like no alston yet oh well, yeah in alston now yeah um in college yeah sure but like in high school Mm, yeah. and it wasn't even the same if you were to go to Korea and try it and then hop on a plane and try it here again 14 hours later different point being is like you would you you would try eating that in your um your room right or in the dining hall and you would probably not get spoken to for the remainder of the of the day if not week right were they not even tactful? because like you went at
0: 14. And I am sure like there's a certain level of like social skill that these kids have growing up in an environment that might encourage it. So was it very what was it like? Actually I can't even like imagine. You know, the one thing the first thing I had to comment, like
1: the first thing was like so in the US you guys eat a lot of sandwiches, right? And, uh, I mean I s I That's an interesting observation. Right. That's an interesting one. Yes. No, so, like you you put everything between two two pieces of bread, right? Like your burger <laughs> your, your butter, or your Chicken sand- like, everything's sandwich, everything's right? a sandwich. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and at a certain point, like I was like, can I just not like even a hot dog is? Cons- it's like a sandwich, right? You're putting a sausage and like and like two pieces of bread, right? Like everything, everything's a sandwich here. <laughs> so I just remember being like, I just don't want a sandwich anymore. <laughs> like I- I'm sick of like of lunch being like a sandwich. Like yeah, things like that. Like you, I- you wouldn't have that perspective if you were a high schooler in the U.S., born and raised. Um, I don't know if you, if, if you, did did you have sandwiches like growing up every day? Like, was that a common thing
0: for you? It was, no, I would bring kimbap, man. But the thing was like, like the community I grew up was very like Chinatown, Koreatown sort of situation. Yeah, so, but were people eating sandwiches? Yeah, but we had a couple, yeah, people ate sandwiches or like people would bring like a, like different types of Asian food that their parents made. And like, nobody really made a comment because, uh, for quite some time, like, Asian, ethnic Asian American was the majority, if not half of the population for me growing up until I went to university. It never bothered me. and I never, I never thought of it because I was in this comfortable bubble. And then in college, it really just popped when I went there, right? It was quite a shock for me. And I'm from America, funnily enough. You're from Korea, but then you grew up in this like bubble that speaks English and has a lot of kids from around the world. So, I feel like that's sort of interesting in itself. Like, you see like kids with like American passports who are white at SFS, right? And you're like, oh, we're, we're hanging out, like no issues, like we're talking. And then you see like people who look exactly the same in a boarding school with a similar kind of like income level. But maybe it's like drastically different. different, right? Like, yes. that, dude, Very, I very different. Yeah, looking at them
1: look the same, accent-wise sound the same. Vibe? No, and I, and I think that was kind of the big shock for me, right? Is like you kind of have this impression that everyone is open-minded and um, very tolerant, and then all of a sudden that glass shatters, and you realize like, oh wait, I'm the I'm the guy on the other side of the wall. So how fast can I break like, get Yeah, or Like how fast can I?
0: Tell me like your thought process, like from from the first few months until like when you graduated and were thinking about how you were going to start again
1: in college. A lot of people like consider college to be like the bubble bursting moment right like and for a lot of people it is but for me like college is really no different than high school and i think that's i i i could say that because like you know my college experience like yeah definitely the people were like people were very different the subject matter was very different but like in terms of the bubble burst i never really had that in college but i did have that moment as a 14 year old right 13 14 <laughs> um, and i think maybe that's a good thing because I was younger and so yeah. I had a little luxury to, to be wrong and it was okay kind of thing, right? Like people would be like a little more accepting. It's like if a 14 year old, like, you know, accidentally did something wrong you're more tolerant of it than an 18 year old, right? Like, but I remember as a 14 year old, it was, it was tough. Like it was really tough. It was tough because you knew that you were in the wrong, like you knew you were the wrong, you were on the wrong side, right? Like, and for you to be on the other side required you to change. You could not be you. And yeah, those were, those were pretty interesting days. And I think you, you know, for a certain, for a certain period of time, you kind of had this identity crisis of like, we who am I, who do I need to be? Um, but then there's a balance, you know, like somewhere there you kind of find the good things, right. And it, and, and it becomes, um, in a way it forces you to be open to, and I think that's good. Um, as a person, like you always kind of want to be pushed to the boundary a little bit to constantly kind of being, um, you know, willing to change, right. If you're too comfortable in like your, your, your spot in one place over time, that's when you get like callous and that's when you get very, um, you know, not open to new ideas and very rigid, right. And typically associated with like older people, at least even people in our, in in the twenties, thirties, forties. Like You're too young to be very opinionated and it's it's good to be kind of accepting of other people's uh, mindsets, cultures, food, but also kind of keeping context in mind. So I learned that at a very young age, I think, and that's kind of why I think contextually I've been able to kind of fly under the radar for a lot of things. You know, we talked about race being a big issue, but for me... I knew it was a problem before it became a problem like in 2020 looking back like a lot of these like issues there's no way you can turn a blind eye to it it was so apparent even as a 13 14 year old you knew it was a problem and i think and that was why i think in high school and in college people tend to go around people that they look alike that look alike right like that was never a thing in korea because everyone kind of looked like you and if you weren't then you were more than welcome to. Join the, you know what I mean? Like that wasn't an issue. And here, it's like the first and foremost thing you see about people. With enough experience, um, you learn how people of other races, this is a blanket statement stereotype, probably one of the very few stereotypes I will make, but it's across all races. Everyone is very, very quick to pass judgments based on their previous experience. experience. It's almost like a self-defense mechanism to not interact with other people that aren't your race in the U.S., and I think it was kind of a weird moment for me to learn that pretty quickly on in, in, in my life. I don't know how people learn it living in the U.S. I'm assuming it's a lot earlier than when I learned it, if not later who knows Late for me man and i was yeah. my whole life i just remember that being like oh shit like the us is definitely not the land of like big dreams and stuff like that everyone promised it's going to be a struggle and even now like even today i don't know about you but i still find that i mean even more so now like today like in 2020 i find it to be a huge issue too like i think it's you know i almost feel like we were in a better position five ten years ago than we were today
0: In the high school where it was just 90% white, was your mindset then, let me just learn. The way they interact and the way they act and find a way for success and just try to be accepted? Or was it even further than that saying, no, I want to be like them in every sense, and oh, they're they're better. Because if you're in that environment 24-7, I feel like that can take over at some point. Yeah, there
1: are definitely moments when I felt like that. But I think at the end of the day, for me, the goal was how do I better understand them? What am I willing to give up so I could be a little more like them and understand what they're doing? I mean, using the food example, like I started eating more sandwiches. Uh, I hated it. I, I still don't like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I actually don't. I don't understand the appeal of it. It was pretty tasty, dude. See, but like, I grew up in Korea. Like, that just wasn't a thing. Peanut butter? Like, that stuff tastes gross. <laughs> that stuff like, tastes gross? Yeah. It's... I'm not even allergic to peanuts and I hate it. Like, I can understand why people would lie about being peanut, you know? Like, like <laughs> having like, now I go out of my way and be like, oh, I have a peanut allergy. I don't want it. Like, such an easy way to get out of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's dangerous. But like, yeah, yeah. But it's just disgusting. Like, it's just... <laughs>
0: like, just Dude, you had years have, of that. Just had
1: butter. You know what I mean? But you know what? I sucked it up. In high school, I had a shit ton of pb like, and Like, I had it. And at the time... It was good. Did did you ever think, yeah,
0: dude, especially growing up in Korea and you know like how different life can be, did you think, dude, at the end of four years I can go back to Korea or just switch environments, so, you know, no need to try too hard, but let me just
1: survive. Yeah. And then, you know what ended up happening? 10 years later, 12 years later, I go back to Korea and I realize how much I've changed. (laughs) (laughs) That's what what happens. That's what happens. You go back and uh, you realize, oh my God. I'm no longer Korean.
0: At at college, right? It broadens up a little bit. You can hang out with Koreans or Asian Americans more. Do you take that choice the second you get it?
1: Uh, Not the second. uh, So I had people from my high school also join me. So like that was a granted. And some of them were two two plus buddies of mine were white. So um, those were kind of default, right? Because a lot of people like go to the same colleges from high school. But we hung out for a bit and then we kind of grew further apart as we made more friends in college. But the whole Asian society stuff was new to me. Asian society, me. tell me. So, like, I mean, we had like Korean Students Association, like all these like clubs in, in college, right? Like, that we didn't have those in, in high school. Um, there weren't enough. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> uh, there was no in, like, like co- pan
0: Asian club back in yeah. high school. Like, there's the 10 Asian, like,
1: yeah, at that point, it's like almost like a non white club, you know? Like, <laughs> in college, I mean, that was interesting to me. I me. I, I, I was a member of KSA. Uh, my senior year, I was an officer there because I thought it was interesting to start. I didn't actually be a part of it until like later in my college years. Well you made officers though. But my first two years, uh, I was uh, I was non-existent in that in that community. Where were you the first two years? Uh, I was I was in the rowing like division rowing division one rowing team. So that was probably my go-to. I was part of a fraternity, so that was also go-to. And those were predominantly kind of like similar features. I think at that point, I had already changed to be Be comfortable. I was comfortable. Yeah. So that's why I don't think I felt the bubble burst as badly as other people did. I know tons of people who had their bubble burst that during that time. And I felt like I could be somebody to kind of guide them through some of that, especially when it happened was um, after first semester freshman year. That's usually when I found a lot of my friends or people around me start to like question a lot of like what they did in high school, not working. Right.
0: Well, who are the people around you at the end of the first semester? It sounds like you had some non-white friends as well, if you're counseling. Oh, yeah. Through. Yeah, I
1: had, I had white friends. My roommate was white. He was still one of my closest friends. Um, He was a golf. He's a golfer. And uh, we probably had almost nothing in common, but we became like best friends. He's probably still annoyed that I have to wake up at 6 a.m. every morning and I have the alarm go off and he treads it. But like... I can tell you if I, if I had not have opted for a random roommate that I had no idea who I was going to be with, I would never have been friends with him if I wasn't forced in that situation. And for that, like I am actually extremely grateful that you are sometimes placed in very uncomfortable situations and forced to kind of like reconcile. You know what I mean? I think it's good to get people out of their shell sometimes. Sometimes it doesn't work and that's fine. Right. But at least you tried. I don't, think, I, I don't think people should give up that easily. In what sense? Getting to know someone. When you're in an uncomfortable situation, you should try to adapt a little bit. Find things in common that you necessarily wouldn't have in common. Even if it's like a TV show. I think that was one of our commonalities, actually. Me and John, uh, my freshman year roommate. We both loved like uh, 24 the uh yeah. we watched it. Yeah. Yeah. Um and actually because of that, we had a neighbor kind of come in as well. And we'd have like every every Friday we'd have like
0: twenty-four
1: <laughs> but like even something as similar to that. Every 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 two people like in this world have at least one thing in common. It's just a matter of finding what it is. Mm. And I think if you can bond using that commonality, that's like the beginning of a new relationship that I think. Um and that skill I think was built off of when I was thirteen, fourteen. Um, cause without learning it the hard way, I don't think I could be the person that I am today. Yeah. So I'm actually very grateful. Of my uh, looking back, I'm very grateful for my college or my high school experience.
0: Were you a big time floater in college at that point then? If you, you're able to kind of mingle with different people.
1: Yeah. I had uh, very different circles of friends and a lot of those circles did not inside right like if one girlfriend would not want to hang out with another i can't certain, i can't
0: imagine good. like ksa and like your fraternity like having a ragers together like that's pretty difficult
1: yeah that and also rowing friends like they're just very different types of people that's a skill that i was able to develop in high school because i was forced in that very uncomfortable situation where i had to find friends and allies from the little pieces of background that i had to build networks.
0: Did you not start the uphill climb again when you joined the rowing team or the fraternity of like, oh, suddenly I'm the minority again and I don't have the camaraderie I've built over four years like I did back in high school? That's that's a hill to climb yet again. Well, rowing was interesting because actually I'm thinking back on it. I was one
1: of two Asian people on my rowing team and I never felt out of place. And I think it's because at that point I already changed so much. Like rowing, you never really see Asians rowing. Like it's just not a thing. Right. You know what I mean? The only right. reason why I picked up rowing was because the rowing coach in my high school was like, what are you doing this spring? And I was like, nothing. He's like, just join the rowing team. This is freshman year. Right? He's like, you look tall. You will need to pull some stuff. Like, come join." <laughs> right. um, and it's like, is your hand, hand, eye coordination bad? I was like, yes. He's like, come join the rowing team. <laughs> um I played accident how I picked up a sport, but it turns out to be a really good sport for me and I was really good at it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you just get lucky sometimes, you know, like, you really do. I think you, I mean, that's part of the life story is like, you know, sometimes you just get really lucky and sometimes you don't get lucky and sometimes it just sucks. Um, you, you try to find the, the positive spin to most things. I think that's, I'm sure there's some horror story that I'm not telling you about in high school that I probably like buried back in the deep of my mind.
0: You, you mentioned that it was a shock going back to Korea. You might have had a, a mini version of that with KSA in, at college.
1: Yeah, no, I did. I was actually like, oh my God, there are more people like me, you know? Um, <laughs> I found out about KSA a little too late, but well, I really, First really...
0: of all, is KSA like, uh, is it just international Koreans or international Koreans and Korean-Americans?
1: It was both, and then the international Koreans had a subgroup within KSA. Unofficial yeah. subgroup. Unofficial, but I mean, Understood. i was also a member of that, that was more Korean than most people, right? Like, I mean, I, my, fa- I I'd fly back every, back and forth and then like, I speak the language fully and like, know all the culture. So like, by all means, I checked all their things from their checklists. Right? <laughs>
0: Wait, so tell um, me, how, how was it hopping in there? And you hopped in
1: after your two I never, years of I never, And I, I never went to the international Korean meetings. Like the inter, the subgroup within KSA, I never went to that. I was in the Facebook group.
0: Well, why, why did you even begin to join KSA? It looked like you found a good community outside of it anyway.
1: Well, because I thought there was another circle that I was missing out on. I actually thought like there was a part of me that I missed out, that could potentially miss out on a good group of people that I had commonalities with. And KSA was, was one of them. Like one of my best friends now, you know, I still play video games with him. Like I met through KSA. I just think it's like one of those things where, you know, I didn't feel like I needed it. Right. I didn't feel like I was out of place, but at the same time I was like, well, it wouldn't hurt. It wouldn't hurt to kind of like join KSA. It wouldn't hurt to meet the people there and mentor younger KSA members, which I actually, that was kind of my role as a, I was really just like a, like a mentor of sorts. Um, I joined as a senior. So like there were a lot of people like looking to kind of break into the world of finance, which I was at the time.
0: Yeah, well, what was your impression running into more international Korean, like actual Korean people and then now Korean Americans as well? They're very different. Even how those two groups interact
1: I tried to break down that barrier as much as possible. Like, whenever we had social events, I actually spent a lot of my um, senior years organizing like social events, buying alcohol, all that stuff. Right. And I think that was for like parties and stuff. And I think that's part of it is like sometimes, um, I mean, I had the luxury of being in college. So, over 21, a lot of times, like, you just need someone to kind of break down the barrier. You need somebody who can relate to one party and someone who can relate to the other party. And then just put them in a room and just like talk, you know? And when you do that, I find that, like, generally speaking, the international Koreans and the Korean-Americans, they got along really well, right? Turns out, like, they all have tiger moms that made them fucking study, like, all the time. to get into, the top college, and they studied SAT prep, and they were really, really frustrated about that. Like, they play the violin, they play the piano, they do all these sorts of things. They were good at math. Like, there were a lot of things they had in common that they just never really thought to, like, bond over. They just assumed that that was, like, that no one else really knew about them. And once they opened up, about themselves a little more there was a lot more in common and then it'd be like the next topic of conversation topic of conversation be like well what are you studying it's like biology well i'm a bio major too like do you want to work on our problem sets together next week sure there you go right one barrier someone who never really came to the u.s but is really good at math or biology or whatever from korea coming to college and one person who's never been to korea but grew up around a Korean American society, like community in like Texas. Turns out they have very similar types, styles of upbringing, but very different, like even language skills, social skills. But I'm not really a really big believer of people, especially when they're students. You can kind of get them to, to get along with most groups.
0: Well, the perspective I'm coming from is like my college had a lot of international students where KSA and like KASA. Were two separate student organizations because there were just so many Korean Americans and so many Koreans from
1: Korea. But did you have did you have members who were uh, members of both?
0: I wasn't I wasn't very involved, to be honest with you. But the impression that I got, yeah, my bubble was burst first encountering white Americans, which I really even like right. the white Americans in my high school were so used to us in the same way that your co- right. your colleagues in Korea right. were that it, it, there was no like I didn't have to feel my race. Go to mm-hmm. go to college is different. The mm-hmm. other half of the story in college is then, oh my god, actual Korean people. Growing yeah. up in growing up in New York, I would call myself Korean, and then once I started seeing them and meeting them, and I was like, no, I can't call myself Korean. I'm not. I'm not them. Yeah. Right. But the interesting yeah. thing was like I just saw them as a different. They're different, but so I know we would have certain shared things because of my background but I knew we were just different like we were talking about like from a language perspective they always talk in Korean so it's not like I can yeah. just bump in easily yeah. and then second just even from the way they look again like this is like how humans are right you look at somebody and if they're different like these guys dress like they're like going to like shoot a drama even gatherings and such like they're not hope like hosting open ragers right you have to kind of be in the in crowd in some perspective which requires you to speak the language so like just so different and I think a lot of people on both sides felt That like there was some level of incompatibility which necessitated the creation of two different student organizations based on, I don't know, where you grew up? Like where where was, like I don't know where where the line is drawn because I'm sure people were crossing between primarily because of their language skill. I I wasn't really a big participant in either, to be honest with you. Yeah, in your case, it looks like circumstances forced everyone in one place in some in some way. From a language perspective, I guess the folks who are more comfortable speaking in Korean still went English, even when they were in like a KSA meeting. Of course, because
1: at the, I mean, it doesn't matter if you if you if you. I mean, I'm assuming your school, your school too. Like, they definitely have the English skills to get into college. Well, let's you know say I mean? they're, they're
0: sitting they're sitting next to like. Three other people from Korea, right? And then yeah. there's like another like six group, six like Korean Americans. But the three or four Korean people, wouldn't they be speaking Korean to each other? And then the other six Korean Americans, some of them might speak Korean, some of them might not. Then it's just like, yeah. okay, there's like a barrier that's suddenly being drawn. I feel like that yeah. could happen very easily. But yes. you're saying that it was a bit of kumbaya happening, so maybe not.
1: Uh well, at least when I was there, because I feel like I identify with both I actually feel like I'm in a very unique position at that time. I'm talking about like at that time, right? At that time, I felt like I was really lucky because I could be in both. If you had to tell me to pick a side, it would have been really hard for me because I have friends who were in both. So maybe when I was there, I would make jokes in Korean and people would get it. The people who like, like it, you know, and then the people understood it. And then the people who didn't would, you know, kind of be talking in English and everyone would get it. And I feel like there are kumbaya moments, but then there are also, like you said, moments when things get divided. And there are definitely events happening on either side that people weren't, people were invited to, but didn't go because of the language.
0: Question before you finish that though. Korean Americans who don't speak Korean, okay, it's pretty clear why they can't. Koreans going to like Korean American events or that like little subgroup, there's no barrier, right? It's just preference. preference. Like I, I don't see any level of like difficulty like immersing yourself with like a Korean American group if you're yeah. a Korean who speaks English. That's right. It's right? preference. It, it, yeah. it's, it's
1: comfortableness. And I think that's part of the problem, right? It's like if you're going to an event that you know is in English, why would you not speak in English when when you know English, you know what I mean? Like it's almost like you you want to take yourself out of that group. And I don't really like that. Like for me when I go to a Korean meeting, like when I was in Korea, I didn't I actually haven't spoken a word. I except for my work stuff. And video chats, I actually didn't speak a word of Korean or a word of English when I was in Korea. And part of it was to practice my Korean. Like, I really felt like I needed to for three months when I was in Korea. Because after a while, I realized i have forgotten a lot about Korea. I, I'm, I'm bringing this up because maybe that's an element too. Maybe they're worried that if they stay in the U.S. for so long, they just might forget. And they want to be around people who are like them.
0: And now you say when you go back to Korea, like after all of that and after working in the U.S., something goes oh, off. I'm not. What what are you current. missing
1: though? Uh, it's it, I'm not Korean. You anymore. grew up I used 14
0: to, years in Korea, I know, right? I I, I I've seen start. so many people who like people who like grew up around the world or and only spent middle school in Korea or like spent their early years in Korea and they just go right back. Like that's 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 what's comfortable for them for building that base when they were young. You built that yeah. base. So I wonder yeah. what you think you're missing to make that statement. First. I'm missing,
1: what I'm missing is the the next 12 years of my life after, after the fourth, first 14 years, like the second half of my life that I spent in the US. I think I'm at the point now where I should have spent about 50-50 in Korea and the US. And I can tell you that when I go back to Korea, even the little things, like what to do. I'll give you an example. Do you know what number you call when you uh, have an emergency in in Korea? One one nine. what's the American one?
0: 911.
1: Nine one. How do you know that?
0: If you asked me any other question on this topic, I wouldn't know it. <laughs> I, I yeah, I get it. Do you yeah. know
1: Do you know what the police number is in no. Korea? Police are in Korea. And the one one four is like information. There's a bunch of other different, right, right. I say this because like those types of things. But those are yeah. just like bits of knowledge rather you know, than but a it's feeling. Not, it's, not, it's not knowledge. It's, it's lifestyle. You know, I was having a conversation with like, um, my girlfriend's dad about this actually. And he's like, <laughs> he's a. And your girlfriend's a Korean American. Yeah. Born yeah. and raised in the U.S. She doesn't, she doesn't really speak. I mean, she understands Korean, Some Korean, but. But her nah.
0: parents are like the OG, like immigrated in their twenties right. or thirties.
1: Okay. And he was saying how, like, he goes back and he's confused now. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I think that's, like, the state, you know, obviously not as long as that, but, like, yeah, you, know, you speak the same language, you have the same, like, upbringing, right? And you can talk about it for hours and hours with anyone, right? It's like, oh, I know everything. I know everything about Korea in the 90s. I know everything about it. <laughs> But then you talk to me about anything that happens after, like, 90, uh, after, like, 2002, two, two thousand, or actually, one of my last memories I have of Korea, 2002 World Cup. I can tell you everything oh, that happened, baby. Right? Everything that happened. Huge. And then after that, it's like it's like someone just wiped my brain out, you know, for that period of time in Korea.
0: I cannot But does it does it make a huge difference though in terms of like Yeah, the streets might have changed, the stores might have changed, but you still speak the language, you still understand how people interact.
1: I if I go if I wanted to, I can go back and then make myself feel a little more Korean. And I think this last three months when I was in Korea, I started to feel a little bit like that. I felt like, oh, okay. I could see why I could see myself living here. Right. And the second you start to think like that, I think a little bit of that Koreanness comes back. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, it, it's really weird. Tell I don't me. think it's like black and white. I think it's a gray scale and it shifts depending on like where you are. It's a relative scale. I used to think I was like 100% Korean. Then I came to the U.S. And now I'm like, I think I'm like Korean-American. And now I'm like, well, can I see myself living in the U.S.? And now the question that I have in my mind is like, could I live in the U.S. for the rest of my life? And then I went back to Korea and I was like, oh, but there's certain things I really, really like about Korea, right? That you just can't get in the U.S. This level of like, you know, 24 hour, like, you know, delivery, everything. like, Everything, yeah. like everything's like just nice and easy. And this, you know, public transportation is so nice, like so easy to get everywhere. It's clean and you just can't get that in the US, right? Like it's non-existent. And most recently, like this whole coronavirus thing, dude, Korea has it figured out. The US has like nothing figured out. When you have the luxury of choosing, I think that's when you can like really, that's when you go from like side to side a lot, depending on who you are. So like now I'm like Korean American by, de- by title, but, whether I'm more on the Korean side or the more American side, it's just dependent on like which, what, what day you catch me. <laughs> <laughs> how, yeah, yeah. Know, how, how are
0: you thinking, man, the next few years and for like for your career and your personal life and then
1: like, yeah, so I've told you on the side, I think one of my dreams is is to work in Asia. I've never worked in Asia for a long period of time. Um, and I think it'd be great to kind of get that experience under my belt. I've never had that. And so I think once I go through that experience, I'll have a bet- much better understanding as to where I would prefer to settle. Whether it's working in the US, working in Korea, working in... Not Korea, sorry, excuse me. Working in Asia.
0: Wow, you um, counted that out.
1: Well, I could I could work in Korea, I just didn't want to limit it to Korea.
0: From like a personal like comfort perspective, because of being Asian in America, in the workplace, you feel certain things, right? Those things could be prickly. That's part of why I like wanted to try Asia, actually. Any of that a consideration or what do you think is a driver?
1: Not so much the workplace, just because, um, you know, if you think about like, like aspects of society, right. There's a social element, there's a f- family element and there's the work element. Right. And those are kind of like three spheres make up the 24 hours of your day. I think I've had the family part. Um, I think I've had the, the social part having grown up and like having friends, um, but I've never really had the work part in Asia. And that's like the one big circle that I'm missing. And if I don't like that, if I don't like working in Asia, then I couldn't see myself living in Asia. Does that make sense? Like it'd be very hard for me to see why I would want to move and live in Asia permanently. if I just did not like the work um, and the environment. What's Asia. wrong
0: with the U S you're there. No, there's nothing wrong with the U
1: S there's nothing wrong with the U S actually. Cause I have a good social crowd, um, family. I just have to go back and forth, but that's like, typical. At least for now, um, and the work part is great, um, but there is a question mark right now in the work in Asia that I have never experienced, and um, I'd like to not regret anything looking back on my life. And I think that's a great area to give it a shot while I'm young. You know, kind of like what you did. I actually envy you for what you did. I'm glad I tried. See, uh... exactly. You might have your own opinions about what you think about it. But at the end of the day, you cannot fault yourself for having tried it because now, you know, to some extent. Yeah, Yeah.
0: it's like it's also like making a making a statement based on one job, one location, one point in your life. That's pretty dangerous as well. But yeah, I think like experiencing it for yourself is a huge, huge indicator and you'll get a gut feeling in some sense as well.
1: Yes and no. Right. Because, yeah, you may have only experienced one, but you will have gained a network of people. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think that's the key is like right now I don't have anyone to ask about work life balance in Korea because yeah, I could ask my friends, but like, they're not really like in the same realm of, you know what I mean? Like kind of field and yeah, exactly. Right. Like in like seniority and it's just different. Whereas if I was in the workplace, you know, you have colleagues that come from all different sorts of backgrounds, right. Who are doing the same work that you are doing or similar background. And it's just so much easier to be like, hey, can we grab a beer? Like, what was your experience working for X firm, Y firm, Z firm, right? So same thing in the U.S., right? So there are people who only worked at one company for the rest of like their entire lives, but doesn't mean like they don't know what it's like to work in other companies.
0: I, I asked this question because I think about it and it's dumb because I don't even have a girlfriend, right? But, you know, things that keep cool. you up at night, right? Yeah. You have your kids, you have the opportunity to shape what languages they speak, what cultures they're comfortable with, all of that. And the level of effort you also put in, in addition to the choices in terms of what environment that you put them in, will also be a determinant. How are you thinking about that? Are there any cannot give ups? Are there any, we'll see what happens? Have you ever even thought about
1: this? You're about to hear the most Asian answer ever uh am i excited it's gonna be what i did it's gonna be what i did plus one
0: <laughs> the f-
1: so tell me plus one. how would you define that one. thing
0: come on man what do you think are the core aspects like you're gonna try to get them and what's the plus one
1: yeah uh, i'm like i'm like half joking but that's kind of like yeah. what my parents they chinese korean oh and let's add the u.s as well like figure out what the next ones no um I think, I think like English, like the American side, I could just never get rid of, and the Korean side I could never get rid of, right? Like those are like the two must-haves, right? The optionality for me is really around kind of like whether or not Chinese is, culture is a very important aspect of um, my future generations' lives. And that's like TBD, to be honest, because like, I don't think I'm good enough to pass that on, you know what I mean? I don't think I have the knowledge, quite frankly. So what, what it would involve, and you kind of alluded to this, is an effort on my part, to kind of instill that into myself before I can pass it on. You can't expect someone to pick it up unless you're willing to invest in like setting them abroad. And you know what I mean? Like it's going to take a lot of energy and a lot of time, a lot of resources to kind of get that one part ingrained into it. Ideally that's kind of it, you know, ideally I think it's those three. Like I don't think I would, it'll be a very similar kind of approach to what I took hopefully, if not the other way around. Right. How, how would you so,
0: feel if they didn't have the American part or the Korean part? You seem less sorry to let the, the Mandarin and such go because you don't know quite as much. English and Korean, I guess ease of implementation in one way is a little bit.
1: Yeah, I don't think that. it'd be possible. I don't think it'd be possible for them not to know it. You know what I mean? Like just family, that sphere is so big in in the initial formative years of your life. Like unless you're telling me like, Oh yeah, they're never gonna to talk to my parents. Right. Well, like, we'll, think,
0: uh, well think about it, right? Like my parents only speak grandparents, yeah. same thing. End of the yeah. day, I don't really know Korean. So then how do you feel? Well,
1: what do you converse with them? How do you Korean. talk Korean?
0: But it's it's like it's not like good. Like you've heard like broken Korean from your Korean American friends in KSA. Let's say you stay in the US. That's a real possibility, right? Yeah, I don't know.
1: Uh that's a good question. I, I really don't know. I just assumed like yeah, that's what actually, my parents I,
0: assumed too. And here yeah. I am. So then how would you feel, though? That's the thing.
1: Oh, man, that's a good question. I would feel a little let down, to be honest, but I think I'd be a little more let down. That's a good question, because I feel like I'd be a little more let down by myself um, for not, I wouldn't blame it on the... Rather than blame, what value have they lost? Of course, like
0: knowing a language and culture is good, but what have they lost in your eyes?
1: Probably the ability to relate to my first formative years of my life that's a good question actually because I think yeah you're right you're missing you're missing that it's not just the language you're missing the experience
0: but they grew up in America
1: yeah. but growing up in for example Fort Lee is is not Korea I think that's what people need to like realize is well then you get the that-
0: person yeah you grow up there and like you you start calling yourself Korean just like I grew up exactly. in flushing and Bayside and I right. call myself Korean and my right. bubble gets burst and here I am right. having an identity crisis. And, right? I think,
1: and I think it's the job of the parents sometimes to kind of burst that bubble for them, right? Whether it's, um, taking you to Korea, whether it's study abroad, right? This could be done in college and high school, whatever, to kind of burst that bubble earlier. If you get your bubble burst at 13, it's not that bad. Um, if you get your bubble burst at like 40, you're, you're kind of screwed. <laughs> 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 um, right. Like it's, it's kind of like one of those things where it's like chicken pox, right? The earlier you get it, the better you are. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's, I think it's much better to kind of burst that bubble when you're, when you're younger, like think about it this way. If you had your bubble burst, if you had that same experience, it's like, Oh shit, I've been calling myself Korean, but I'm actually not Korean because I don't really associate myself with Korean, Korean, like international Koreans. If you had, if you had realized that when you were in like middle school, right. Like, you, went, you, you spent your seventh grade in Korea. You came back and you're like, oh, shit, like, I'm, yeah, I'm not Korean. Like, this is not Korean. Like, what would you... How do you think your life would have changed when you went to college?
0: I don't know. It depends on how that year was. Because the year could have been, especially at that age, you could have picked up so much that lets you, first of all, get the language to a level where you can use it as you wish. Yeah. And get the exposure in a low-pressure environment like you were alluding to earlier to, like, pick up mm-hmm. on some of the social stuff. So mm-hmm. I think I would... If that year was that productive, then yeah. But if it wasn't productive, yeah, I'm sure I'd still be in a similar place as I am right now. As to how I feel about what do I have to do and what am I lacking or like what the next generation should have or should not. I don't know because right now, personally, I have felt like I need to learn this language and culture, like do or die because it's so important. But then I'm thinking like what's what's so important now? The, like The, the last yeah. couple I've been thinking like, what the hell am I actually trying to do this for? But um, this is very interesting and I don't know if this is going to be the last. I do want to talk to you more about all this. Any like last thoughts on, on some of the stuff we talked about that you never got
1: to fit in? No, this is um, this is good. I, I've never actually had someone asking questions about this and I think, um, you know, everyone has very unique experiences and, uh, you know, we talked about two of our experiences, mine and also some of yours. And I think it's, it's really easy to kind of discount your own experiences, but no one should ever feel like that. Everyone has very different backgrounds. Um, but that being said, like you're also not alone in the sense that you can always relate to someone else. Um, just like how you and I have, have become friends over uh, very different kind of upbringings and very different paths, right? Like you and I probably we, we could have crossed paths in the New York subway one day without having known each other, right? Very likely. Like, yeah probably we, we probably would have right like commuting the same the same seven line right from queens to manhattan yeah yeah uh, but instead you know we're having a conversation about our lives and and um how we've been impacted so thanks again for this conversation it's been great yeah thanks so much for coming on
0: thanks for joining us for today's episode Stay tuned and catch you in the next episode.